So this is Olive Tree again with me tonight again with John. John, this is part two. It was really interesting because the first uh, night you played in this pub and everybody cheered you up and you had a really uh, amazing feeling. Can you tell me more about this again? So in that moment, as I said before, that they got me on the shoulders and it was like this massive excitement, almost acceptance that what was kind of uh, seen as something the word kind of seen as like oh who's this kid I don't want to play with him just suddenly the, the fact that I'd got up and played drums spoke to these people in a way that everyone was like oh I want to, I want to play with him next and it became like it was a little bit like a small sort of child star syndrome type thing of like every, every time I'd go there at school I'd be this, still be this short kind of shy kid but then kids be sat on a Monday night it's like it's John the drummer, the little kid, and this is and people will be like, oh, this is the kid I was telling you about. And watch him play. Are you playing tonight? It's like, yeah, of course. So it became like an addictive kind of like thing that I had. Got like a star was, in yeah, the in the village, was, yeah. Yeah, and so it was like, a, for and for a, for an eleven year old, twelve year old kid, you know, that was quite a quite a thing to to have. And then, how was after this in the pub? Uh, you was doing gigs in the pub did you do end up in a group yeah so I, I did I did a few different gigs with people from that pub and I, as I said there's a few of the musicians that went to that jam night this mm -hmm. hut jam night that I still work with today and some of them have become very famous professional musicians one being Alex Reeves who's the drummer for Elbow and Rob Harris who's the uh, the guitarist for Jamiroquai amongst other acts and yeah there's everyone else that were there so many guys that went on to do do different things. Richard Beasley, the drummer for Gary Newman at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was a real, I was lucky that in that situation because sometimes in these jam nights I might go to now even, and it's, you know, it could be a little bit dry on its feet. It's not necessarily this right kind of thing. So I was very lucky that there was this pub that actually was filled with a lot of mm -hmm. amazing musicians. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was in the nineties, a different kind of time was a little bit different. But what happened from that, there were different musicians that I kind of would, would, would work, play with and in different bands. But the, the first kind of time where I got a sense of being in a group, again, I was 13 when this happened. This is Scar Band. Anyone that doesn't know listening, mm -hmm. Scar is a, der a derivative of reggae music, so upbeat reggae, a lot of people would describe it as. So Scar Band's like the specials, Madness, Bad Manners at the time, and like late 70s, 80s. They were a band in the 90s that were kind of, playing that style of music and they were based in Cambridge mm -hmm. and would do a lot of gigs around Cambridge and around around Britain, sometimes abroad as well. Their drummer was leaving, a friend of mine um, from the jam night actually, mm -hmm. <coughs> had suggested, um, because they, they'd asked him, they'd approached him about playing the, in this band and he said, he's actually my, my, my teacher as well, but he, he actually said he can't do it, but there is this kid that, that might be able to do it, mm -hmm. but he's 13. And, well, they, and then, so I didn't even think it would be a consideration. I didn't, none of that really went from my head because when you're 13, you don't mm -hmm. really think of what anything that's going on. You know, you just kind of go along with what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it was obviously my dad spoke to them as, as I learned later on that they, I went for this, they sent me a CD in the post and I guess they thought, well, we'll give them a chance. At mm -hmm. least, if, and if nothing else, for the experience. I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. But I turned up, and, well, they sent me a CD in the post, and 
this CD was a live gig from them playing in Cambridge. I think it had like about 16 songs in it. Mm-hmm. So I had no experience of like what, if someone sends you something to learn some songs in the post, yeah. I got the CD, 16 songs. I just assumed, oh, they, they want me to learn 16 songs. So I learned all well, 16. Okay. And just like, it's like, I can't do any homework this week, Dad. I've got to learn these songs. And so it, that's, I mean, that's what I just assumed they didn't really give any instruction, like maybe try and learn track uh-huh. one and three. Um, so yeah, I'd learned, that was my first inkling of trying to play in a band. I was like, okay, this is quite a lot, but mm-hmm. I did it. Turned up this rehearsal my dad took me to, and they said, what songs did you listen to on the CD? I said, um, well, all of them. They said, which ones did you learn? And I said, well, all of them. <laughs> like, well, okay. Well, we'll, we'll just, they picked a song and we played it, and then we played another one, and then we played another one, and then they were kind of like, you know, a bit taken aback. Again, I didn't have an experience. I just assumed this was normal. And they then had a discussion with my dad. And they said, well, I think he's great. But the problem is, obviously, he's 13. You know, all pubs let him in mm-hmm. to play. And he can't obviously drive. It's a big commitment, not for me to start a band, mm-hmm. starting this band. But is my dad willing to drive me around? So, um, sorry for the long-winded answer. But I ended up in this band with dad driving me around to all the gigs, made a commitment to that. And I ended up playing in this band all throughout the 90s. And that was my first proper band. So they were called Colonel Haffey. And we gigged all around Cambridge, did different recordings and whatnot. And so that was my first experience of being in a band. So I was quite lucky that I had this. And they were all older people as well. So it was uh, definitely a different situation to kind of being in a school band with kids of your own age. It was, uh, so that's kind of grow up fast. And, yeah, that was my first experience. Yeah, did you also earn a bit of money from that? Yeah, I used to earn a little bit of money. I used to buy oh. clothes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good. Ah, but it must be really, really uh, surprised them that you learned all of them songs. They got shocked because normally people turn up, yeah, I just did a little bit this and a little bit that, and you did all of it. Do you, you want to make, did you want to impress them or what was it? No, I mean, it wasn't even that. I guess I just assumed that as they sent me the CD, you have they to. just want me to learn mm. the CD. So I didn't, yeah, you I didn't were. Know. It's only now looking back. If like if someone sent me a CD now, but like, well, I haven't got time to learn 16 songs. Let's <laughs> be realistic. Um, Whereas back then, I guess also as an adult, that obviously work as a drummer, mm-hmm. you know, I have to learn things on a time schedule or tight time schedule. As a 13 year old kid, I've got a bit more free time on my hands, especially without the internet. So it just seemed a normal thing. I didn't have anything to compare it to. Mm-hmm. So. And after this, Ben, what did you do? Where did you go? Um, after that, I had a few of my own bands that I did after that, mm-hmm. more people that I'd kind of met and a different style of music. Um, yeah, and, and I just, just, similar kind of bands, like local bands doing little gigs and stuff. And which was the famous area you played in? Which, uh, in London, for example, did you I, play in a big, famous... Yeah, at the time, there wasn't that many famous ones at that mm-hmm. time. There mm-hmm. were quite little gigs around Cambridge. There was like the Junction the Junction in Cambridge, which is still a venue now. Mm-hmm. And it, there weren't that, it wasn't that much exciting, there wasn't that much exciting things going on. Again, I was about 20. So this is, um, um, this was quite a hard time because then I didn't really know what to do because I got to this point where I'd reached a certain level. 
I didn't know how to go on to the next. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I guess I can probably fulfill this answer in a different question. But um, yeah, I guess that's what, what happened next. I did that band and then went on to some other bands. And I was getting older at that point because then from 13, it's quite a long time as a, as a kid, um, I went from being 13 to suddenly being 20, just sort of playing around different bands. So mm-hmm. it's quite a big part of my life playing in this band, Kind of Happy. And yeah. Did you, was also a four band to some famous people? Or? Oh, we did actually, yeah. Colonel Huffy did, we supported Bad Manners that were a famous ska band back mm-hmm. in the day. Subsequently, I ended up playing some gigs with Bad Manners. And whereabouts? In, in London? Or yeah. Which, in, which place? In London, I think just around the country, a couple of little festivals. And um, did you also play, for example, in the Albert? Yeah, so later on, that was a bit more later on. I have. Um, yeah, so I've done done the Albert Hall. Royal. Um, Royal Albert Hall. And, yeah, uh, exactly, Royal. But from them, I mean, should I go into the questions of... Um, yeah. Should I go into where the bigger stuff I started doing? Yeah. So on from these bands, being 20, I, I found it quite difficult at the time and I kind of reached a point where I didn't really know how to go forward. I, it took me quite a few years of developing different contacts, meeting different people. But then, long story short, I ended up on tour in 2009 with an artist called Julian Peretta and we did a tour supporting Girls Aloud and we played like the O2 Arena, wow. um, Wembley Arena. And uh, yeah, all, arenas all across the UK. And then we went to the US. First time we went to the US, we um, played uh, in San Francisco. It was a famous one. The, I forget what it's called. The Fillmore in San Francisco. It's a big venue. Wow. Mm. We come back. We supported Beyonce. Did the O2. Wow. Mm. And all the arenas again. In that time, also did, yeah, as you said, Royal Albert Hall, famous venues. Yeah, and it was very lucky and different tours and toured the US several times. And one of the fa- most famous ones, probably for me, that was a little bit different to what, what I wouldn't be able to do now, was the Kremlin Theatre in Moscow. Wow. Which was um, with Ian Gillan from Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. And that was actually filmed for a subsequent DVD release. So yeah, and that was a pretty special gig. Okay, we stop here and we make a part three. Thank you for that, Johnny.